Alrighty, Hannah. <laughs> um, welcome to another episode of our podcast here at Bell Vista Studios, where we talk about things instructional design and e-learning. Um, I would like to start off by just doing a little bit of gratitude, Hannah. Um, so, awesome. what are you grateful for today? Um, I would say I'm grateful for the amazing connections I have in my life, so the relationships, um, and just having the ability to meet new people and continue discovering new humans in the world. (laughs) I think I've noticed that recently, like speaking like to old friends, that's been amazing, but also meeting new people. And, um, even like we spoke to a new person this morning and that was like really cool energy and a meetup I went to this week. There are amazing people there. So yes, that's what I'm grateful for. Nice. connections with new people and I having, like it. yeah, the ability to do that. That's really cool. How about you? Uh, for me, I'm going to say I'm, it's going to be like really corny probably, but I'm actually really grateful <laughs> to be alive. Um, I've just been noticing a lot of less fortunate people out in the world and just yeah. grateful to be here, be functioning as I am, to have the experiences that I have behind me, the family that I have, all that kind of stuff. So I am grateful for that. And in this essence of gratitude, I would like to invite the learners now to take five seconds, or the not learners, in e-learning mode, um, the <laughs> listeners, to take five seconds to just think about what you are grateful for. Um, so, yeah, take five seconds now and really feel it, I think. Alrighty, let's get into it. So, uh, you've recently had the experience of um, being exposed to the world of user experience um, from their kind of avenue. Like, when we learn about it, we really make links like, oh, this is what we do naturally. But um, user experiences, like, they're coming from the web design world, from the product design world, from architecture, so many different industries. It's really cool to get them in together. So I know that you went to a meetup recently and you got to um, hear from other industries that are very diverse from ours. So what would you take away? Like, what could you say user experience is? Um, so yeah, the meetup was awesome. There was very inspiring people there. And I think user experience, I found it really interesting because I know we talk about putting your user at the heart of your design. That's something that we're really passionate Mm, about. Yeah. And I think a lot of the things they spoke about was to do with that. So really understanding your end user and designing for them, not just designing what you think will work for them, but actually thinking about what's going to work for this person and what's going to be the best experience for them. So I guess user experience from what I got from the meetup would be just really focusing on the experience that that user is going to have and what do you want that experience to look like. Yeah. Um, I think the main parts that came across was spending the time researching, so yep. figuring out what your end user needs um, and like looking at what they actually are going to be doing rather than just providing them with information. So figuring out what are the actual actions that they're going to take and how can we find out the information in relation to that. Yeah. Um, and then also designing prototypes. So once you've figured out all of the information that you need, you can look at creating a certain product and testing that with your user. Yeah. So yeah. 
That's cool. Um, and I suppose if you could give examples on maybe from the world of web design um, to show that in a practical essence. Yeah, so an example that we did was we got given a project for ASOS, so okay. their shopping online shopping yeah, website. Yeah, yeah, I think I got that app. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, yeah, he, the, um, the man who was running it basically went through the process of how you would do that. So let's say ASOS came with us, came to us and said, look, we want to improve our online shopping experience. We want people to find it easy. Um, so we're looking at how would you achieve that? So yeah. that was around figuring out who the end user was. So we spoke a lot about personas and I know that we do some work with personas. So I yeah. found that really interesting. And yeah, figuring out before you start your research, who are the people that are actually going to be using that product? Yeah. And a question I had, because I find it really interesting, I think with personas, sometimes we need to make assumptions. Yeah. And yeah, I just wanted to explore with the group because I, I know we, we really try and get the information from the end user and get the actual concrete factual yeah. information from them. But it's but not always possible. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you need to make assumptions. So I thought, I wonder what it's like in the user experience world. Like, do they make assumptions or do they only rely on facts? And I spoke to him about that and asked that question. And he said that when he has a persona, he splits it into two parts. So he'll have a part that's assumptions. So he yeah. might say, this is who we think they are. This is what we think they'd like doing. And then he also has the facts. So this is the actual information that we've collected that we can use. Yeah. And he said, as long as you make it really clear in your research that these are the assumptions and these are the facts, yeah. then that's okay. And then you can go back to assumptions. So if there's certain assumptions that you want to get concrete factual information from, you can test that assumption. So he might say, okay, for the purpose of this project, I'm going to test these three assumptions. And you figure out a way to test that. So that could be going out to users and asking questions, watching them in their environment. There's lots of different ways you could do it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, building personas around who that end user is. And then once you have that information, using that when you design your product. So he said when he's designing a product and he has that research, he'll have that research front of mind. So he might have a page on his desk that says, this is the end user. Oh, wow. And he puts himself in their shoes. So he goes, okay, this is who I am, this end user, <laughs> and what my experience be like. Yeah. And just like something as simple as having that visually at your desk or wherever you're working can really make an impact to the way you, that you design. Um, I've seen yeah, that sorry. actually um, <laughs> where they'll have like a literal photo of someone, whether it's from Shutterstock or yeah. whatever, but they will have the photo of the 54-year-old woman or the 90-year-old man and they give him a yeah. name so that they, instead of like dot points on a piece of paper, they're looking at the human and really connecting yeah. with that person. So I think that's a cool thing. Definitely. Yeah, that's cool. Um, And I think one of the... um things that is really interesting is around the assumptions like if you think of ASOS like it's quite easy yeah. to go this is a female um love shopping probably has credit cards that are like maxed out and you can build this real yeah. story um based on a stereotype but it is fully a, an assumption um but it's yeah. I think you got to ch really challenge that and like ask the right questions because 
if you think about who the biggest buyers of cars are, like ASOS is obviously online shopping, so it can be predominantly, you know, centered around if this is a woman's kind of place, but guys shop too, yeah. they wear clothes. Um, but if you think about yeah. buying cars, you know, like they, you think a car is something a guy would know more about, but I'm pr- I don't know the exact stats, but I've heard something like 90% of um, car decisions are actually made by females. So oh, wow. it's like, yeah, I think you, you definitely got to check those assumptions and try not yeah. to stereotype as much as possible. Um, yeah, definitely. What about like the whole, I know you were at the conference recently um, and a key theme that you're talking about there is nice to know versus need to know. And from my experience with user experience design, that is really essential to the whole user experience experience so like what have you got to contribute on that yeah we actually had a conversation that i found really interesting at the meetup yeah and it was around only including what's necessary so i think sometimes when we're designing we think oh we could add this and we could add that and we can make it look cool and we can give them this option and offer all these extras yeah because you get excited yeah you're like what can we offer like what more can we give them or what can we do Um, But we spoke about how important it is to keep it really simple. So for the example of the online shopping, rather than having stages where it's like, oh, would you like to buy this as well? Or um, we spoke about an example where, say, for example, you purchased a book and then a part of that checkout process said, hey, like if you've purchased this other book, why not buy this extra hand guide? Yeah. And people were getting that annoys me. with the products they were buying. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, they realized that people were dropping off at that point and weren't going through with the transaction because they were thinking this isn't easy. Like, why are they asking me these extra wow. questions? It's become too difficult. So I think just focusing on what does what does that user actually need to do to get through that process and not putting in too many extras so they get overwhelmed or frustrated and end up just not using the process at all, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. It reminds me of a project that I was QAing recently of ours where, um, you know, we can put unnecessary clicks or unnecessary screens into our e-learning that, like, when we're doing our QA, we try to do it as a user. Um, and yeah. I like it definitely comes up for me and maybe it's because I have like short attention span or whatever I become impatient <laughs> but at the end of the day I could be a potential user and I know that I find yeah. myself going this is pointless like you made me yeah. have to read too much you made me have to interact there and I shouldn't have had to interact and I know yeah. like that might be a pop-up before an activity and we're just like well why do we need the pop-up? Why can't we just have the instructions on the screen of the activity? Um, or yeah. even just like if you've got a learning hub and then it's like it, there's three topics and you click into a topic and then it's a title screen and then it goes to the content. It's like yeah, that's an extra screen, an extra like second of my life that you've just wasted. Yeah. Like I know I chose the topic, so give me the content straight away. That's what I want. Um, so that definitely. definitely is how I can relate to what comes up when we're doing like the user testing. Yeah. Yeah. I think our time is very precious. Like we have so much going on in the world and I know I have like when I wake up in the morning, I'm like, Oh, I have like, I could do this or I could do that. And there's so much grabbing my attention, whether it's like, Oh, a new podcast I want to listen to yeah. what's happening on Instagram, what's happening on Facebook, 
who's messaged me on Facebook Messenger. And I think with all of that happening, like you really need to, if you want to get people's attention, you have to make it really simple. And if you make the process too hard, they're just going to say, oh, like I'll get something else done that's so much easier and they're going to completely lose interest. I think that's really, yeah, that's definitely for me. Um, I'm like, make my life easier or you lost me. And I think one of the things that we can pick up from the e-learning development world Um, And those people that actually put development instructions into their storyboard is around that consistency. So thinking about websites, where does the navigation sit? um, Like in copy the things that you see out in the world when you interact with your phone, where do you get the buttons? Where is that consistency being translated into your e-learning design so that you're not having to click up at the top right to get your next button and then on the next screen, just because it doesn't fit in with your interaction, it's down on the bottom right or it's over on the left-hand side of the screen. Like that split second of having to think, oh, how do I get to the next screen or whatever it is? Like it's so annoying. Um, So you lose your learners, they become disengaged. So I think look at websites, look at app designs, look at um, book covers for the like title screens that you design and really look at that consistency from the world around the learner so that you can really engage them because it's just kind of seamless. Their learning experience is seamless to their world outside of that yeah definitely i love that i love the whole getting inspiration from what's out there already um i know the other day like you said have a look at at like the way apps are designed for a menu screen that we were creating yeah yeah looking that up on google like so many amazing things came up and i was like wow like there's so much out there already yeah and it's not necessarily copying it's just like taking elements from things out there in the world that are already awesome and using that to create something new yeah. Um, but yeah, really sticking to what's the way that things are designed now. So if you are creating a website, what do other websites look like? Because if you create a website that's completely different from all the other websites, <laughs> people are going to go on it and be like, I have no idea what I'm doing. Like, yeah. what, how is this website set up? Whereas if you design it how others have designed it, people already have that muscle memory of, okay, this is where this button usually is. This is usually how I find this. And they can navigate through your website in a much easier way yeah so yeah i think that's really cool getting inspiration from others out there in the world yeah awesome um what do you think the factors of user experience design what is it concerned with what factors is it concerned with um well we actually we did a really cool activity and it was focusing on four different components of user design cool um and we used the asos example and split into pairs and did it together Um, And I really, really liked this, the way it was set out. And I think we could definitely use it for our learning solutions. Yeah. But it was the four C's. So um, four different things that you focus on that user experience designers focus on. Yep. And the first one was components. So that was around what's involved with this end product. So for the example of our e-learning modules, it would be the storyline development file, the buttons that are in the file, the videos that are within it. Yep. the LMS that, that it's going to sit on and literally every single thing you can think of that's associated to that end product and to, to jot that down because yep. all of that will have an impact over the way you design. And then the cool. second C was characteristics. So that was around what characteristics will that end product have if it's the best version it can be. Yeah. So it might be easy to navigate, um, engaging, it might make people laugh, um, people can get to it really easily and you list out all the characteristics it would have. 
Then the third C is challenges. So what challenges will there be with this product? So it could be, um, I don't know, with e-learning modules, it might be, it has to go on a certain LMS or um, like it might be accessibility. So some people might be vision impaired. So that's a challenge we need to figure out how to design it in a certain way. So listing yeah. out every single challenge associated with it. How would you find those challenges? Um, well, I think when you get your project, yeah. um, the client may have some challenges in mind already. Right. Like they um, would know. Yeah. Okay. And also, I suppose, speaking yeah. to the users. Yeah. Stuff would come definitely. up. Hey? Speaking to the users. And yeah, I'm thinking with um, user experience, we spoke a lot about like fixing a product that needed fixing. So it mm. might've been, there was already a online shopping form set up, but people aren't finding it easy. Somehow they figured out that it's not the most efficient way ah. of designing that. So a challenge could be, this is the problems that people are having. So people are dropping off at this stage or people, when they're putting their card details in, it's not working. Like yep. their card details aren't getting accepted. So that could be challenges. If it's a product that's already existing, yep. that could be examples of challenges as well. Wow. That's cool. Yeah. And then the last C was characters. So that's around everyone who's involved in the product. So basically the stakeholders. So for our e-learning modules, it'd be the client, the end user, the subject matter expert, us developing it, whoever yeah. looks after the LMS and the organization and just writing down every single person that's involved. So you can incorporate that in your design as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we did that activity. It was really cool. We wrote down some interesting things. And it was interesting. Every group had a really different view on it. Really? So that was part of it as well. Yeah, everyone took it really differently and sort of went at it from a different angle. So he said it just shows how user experience, everyone sees it so differently. So it's about getting as many people as possible to have a say so you can get as much information as you can. Yeah, wow. Um, so yeah, it's really interesting. And then just using that information to design your product in the best way. That's really cool. Um, do you have any other like final tips or I don't know, things that you'd like to share on the topic of how user, ex what user experience design is and how it might relate to e-learning or instructional design? Um, I think it's just about when you're designing, it's very similar to putting a user at the heart of your design, just doing everything in your power to step into the shoes of that end user and going to the effort to really understand what the experience will be like for them. Yep. So whether you need to get the end users to test the product or getting them in a room and talking about what the experience is like. And I think it just highlighted not making too many assumptions mm. or if you are making assumptions, just make sure you know that they are assumptions. Yeah. Like <laughs> so label them <laughs> differently. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what I learned. Like just, yeah, definitely label it if it's an assumption. And yeah, I think it's just so important. Like user experience is so similar to what human centered design that we love. And it was yeah. just really cool to hear how other people do it and the processes that they have. But yeah, it was really cool. Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing. I know um, we did a, I think our first podcast was on human centered design. Yeah. So if that user experience, the persona talking to the end user interests you, go check out that it was on human centered design. Um, yeah. 
Thank you, Hannah. I'm like really, I love obviously having these little learning moments with you within Belvista <laughs> Studios. So thank you and thanks for sharing to our listeners. Um, listeners, I hope you have an awesome day. Remember to do your gratitude tomorrow. Um, and if this has added value to your life, please share or comment. Let us know the feedback so that we can improve and add more value to your e-learning and instructional design craft. Thanks, guys. Have a good day.